following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody, welcome to the newest episode of Retro Pub. I am one of your hosts. I'm Johnny Hoss Townsend, and I'm joined by Matt, a little Joe Johnson. Oh man, I wanted to be Hoss, but this is your I episode. Am, this, this is your episode, so I guess I, I guess I can't say anything else about it. I guess well, I am, we're both we're both a Hoss. Oh, we're definitely Hosses. We're definitely Hoss. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Little Johnson, you know, little it's it's a pride thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be called adequate Johnson. I got I get you. Or yeah. average. Yeah, average, adequate. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right on the line, Johnson. Right. <laughs> Just right. Just right, but not too much, Johnson. Uh what's yeah. going on, yeah. pal? How you doing? You know those big Johnson t shirts? <laughs> There's actually this dilemma at work. I have to tell you, I have to tell you this. So we've already opened up the okay. door. We might as well just kick it yeah. down. Yeah, so let's go. My my little brother, eight years younger than me. He's not really little. We're about the same height. He's a lot slimmer than me. Um, he's been working this at this place for three years, and now I just joined up in February. So uh, since I've come along and everybody's seen how big I am, he's been starting to get called Little Johnson. And he takes a huge offense to it. He's very he's very sensitive about being called Little Johnson. And I kind of told everybody that he doesn't like it. So now everybody. So everybody digs on him and it's been a it's been a hotly contested debate. Um, who is the bigger who is the bigger Johnson at our, our one yeah. our lovely factory? So uh, it's a Johnson yeah. measuring contest. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer if they just called us Johnson and Johnson, but you know what? If, if the, uh, you know, if you want to give me and blow up my massive, my massive ego and call me the big Johnson. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I, I was got you. First. Uh, I was, I was always called despite the fact that I was always, that I'm a big dude. I was always called, uh, little Johnny by my grandpa because I was named after him. <laughs> so okay. he was technically the first Johnny. So I got called Little Johnny or, or uh, LJ for Little Johnny a lot LJ. by my uh, relatives. Okay. Yeah. Lil, Lil Johnny. But it didn't bother me. It's, yeah. it's, it's a cool. It, it'd be kind of cool. Be like, yeah, I'm Little Johnny. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I love my grandpa. So I was no, cool it's, with it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a term of endearment. Yeah, it sure is. Speaking of terms of endearment, Bonanza. <laughs> that is what we're talking about today, Matt. The TV show. Bo Ananza uh, started in 1959 and lasted for almost forever. <laughs> just, just about. Uh, so let's, yeah, let's do it. So let's get into our personal history with the show uh, Bonanza. We chased Lady Luck till we finally struck Bonanza. Bonanza. 
with a gun and a rope and a hat full of hope, we planted our family tree. We got a hold of a pot full of gold bonanza. With a horse and a saddle and a ring full of cattle, how rich could a fella be? On this land we put our brand, how trite is the name? Fortune smiled the day we piled the Ponderosa claim. Here in the West we're living in the best bonanza. If anyone fights any one of us, he's got a fight. All right, Matt, I don't know if you'll hear these. Uh, my poor cat over here and her kittens. It's like, you hear something meowing? It's not me. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bonanza uh, was a show that I was always aware of since I've been born, even though it was obviously out before I was born. Uh, my grandpa, who I just mentioned, uh, will be a big figure in this because I was very close to him and, and my grandma both. Uh, but grandpa, giant, giant fan of the Western, right? Mm. Loved the westerns this is one of his favorite things was to watch westerns oh i'm sure he grew up in the prime time for that absolutely yeah yeah i mean he's born in the 30s so like he came up around right coming up. oh my god yep oh he's a big how john wayne guy how could you yeah. not yeah so uh of course uh whenever i was over there hanging out with my grandparents a lot of stuff i would watch would be westerns with my grandpa yeah uh including a lot of john wayne movies and a little show called Bonanza, and uh, I became a, I became <laughs> a, a fan of it. I really liked it uh, when I was younger, especially Hoss. He was my favorite character. Might as well, because uh, I because I related to him a little bit. Uh, being a big guy, anytime Matt, this is how I know representation matters. Because anytime there's a big guy in something, I, I gravitate toward him. Being yes. a big guy myself, <laughs> do you do the same? Yes, every single time. <laughs> yep every yeah. single time and he's a sweetheart you know you're yes he is you're a sweetheart too so um i could see i could see oh, well. why you gravitated towards him we were the sweetest of hearts my friend Aww. so i just found five dollars in my pocket this is a good day what a bonanza what a bonanza what a bonanza man bonanza in your pockets <laughs> so i've always loved this show and then uh obviously i've never seen every episode because there's over 400 episodes. I'm sure you'll get into more than that when you do your stats. But oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the the thing is, I always wanted to see every one of them, but then I just kind of fell out of it, right? Like when I got older in my 20s. Yeah. And literally recently, in the past year or two since the COVID stuff, I've discovered that these episodes are all, for the most part, all on YouTube. That is correct. You can find them all for free for you on YouTube. So that's how I've been watching them. And I've been knocking them out left and right. So and it's really, it's really kind of fun, in a way, to go back and watch these and say, well, they can't do that now today. That wouldn't go back today. Oh uh, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, like most of your uh, most of your uh, Native American characters were not played by Native Americans. That type of deal. Uh, that's very prominent here. Uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Off, and that's just one of the little things up uh, you know it's there's a running joke but it's kind of true that if you're a love interest in this show you're gonna die at the end of the episode like it almost always happens you're gonna get killed i hope there's body um, counts i hope i get a body count <laughs> I, in, in my stats i really do <laughs> literally one of the ones i was watching uh one of the girls uh was killed off stage like the bullet the gun came from off stage they shot uh, you never saw the gunman or anything just shot him from off stage and died right then and there so well uh, it's it's pretty wild man pretty wild so but that's kind of where i am with with bonanza what about you 
Um, oh boy, excuse me. Uh, so for myself, Bonanza, I, I've always been aware uh, aware of it. It took me a, a while to get into westerns, like uh, that sort of stuff. A lot of that changed. I mean, I, I played Red Dead Revolver and all, like back in like middle, like two thousand five ish, and I was fascinated with westerns. And around that time, you know, I'm in a bit of an old soul. Well, all all the kids and they're watching your MTVs and VH1s and whatever the heck. I would stay. Uh, I would sit at home and watch TV Land, and Bonanza is frequently show. I love TV Land. I, I have to admit yeah. it. Um, frequently shown on on there. So I kind of fell fell in love with it. It was one of those like uh, perfect shows to fall asleep to, uh, in a respectful way. Like not like oh this this is boring. Yes. I'm gonna pass out. But you you know you, you'd stay up late and you watch Bonanza because they just they would play t- like they get through like yeah. ten episodes in a night. You know, that's that's how way more of a comfort showed. thing. Yes, yeah, it's a comfort thing. It I know what you mean good. exactly. Yeah, it felt good. You know, the, the uh, I mean, the old filming style, the the studio sets, the the uh, I mean, the story. Like, I, I never got like super invested in the storyline, per se, because um, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't watch every episode I didn't follow it religiously. But um, but it was fun. It, it And then you look at it, you know, it's it's constantly referred to as one of the greatest TV shows of all time because of its long running stand. You know, 14 years, I think, is the number Um, little jumping ahead a little bit. But for I think 14 seasons, 14 years was the number. And that's incredible when you consider the early days of of television. And uh, and and plus they lived on the Ponderosa, which Ponderosa is one of my favorite buffets. So uh, (laughs) to go for a buff. I don't know. Do you guys have Ponderosa down there? No, no, we do not. Really? Uh, But doing my research for. For this, obviously, I discovered them. Oh man, they're all yeah. closed down around here now. But uh, yeah, like I think my, most of them are. Most my, of them are gone. My entire family, like, well, not my entire family, like my cousins, my grandmother worked at the local Ponderosa, and um, I, I don't know where it drew influence from, but I, I went. They had like a western themed, um, like a it was like a western themed kind of place. They had like maps of the old west and stuff. So I wonder if it drew influence from this. I'm sure I'm very curious about that. But um, other than that, just just takes you back to an age, you know, of of old, wholesome television where um, it wasn't about blood and guts. It wasn't about uh, swearing. Oh, it, certainly not. It wasn't a lot about, of people get shot. A lot of people get killed on a show, but you would right. never see any blood. You'd never see any blood. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not about, you know, like nowadays in television, it's a sex sells. Right. Sex is everything. And. For me, sometimes I just like to watch a good, wholesome show, and 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 yeah. Bonanza was that. It was that for you know. Yeah, I like to. I'm like you. I like to watch a good, wholesome show and watch the porn later. You know. Yes. I like to keep. I got to keep my sex separate. That's how I am. That's <laughs> you know. You're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. So, um, <laughs> so that, that's that's my you know upbringing around Bonanza. Great television show. I know my parents loved it. Uh, growing up, my grandparents loved it. Growing up, it was revolutionary for its time, and uh, but yeah, I'm excited to learn a little bit about the history of it today. Well, speaking of that, let's dive right in, in, right in, in, in. Let's dive right in, 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 in uh, to the history of Bonanza. Joe, you coming home? 
Boss, I got some things to take care of in town. As you can tell, it's early for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bonanza itself refers, like the name Bonanza refers to a large deposit of silver ore that was found. Uh, and then it kind of spread out from there. And then there were Bonanzas kind of everywhere in early history. So that's where that name comes from. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but that word makes me hungry. I know. Yeah, I'm with you. You right? say Bonanza, it just sounds like, mm. yeah, like, Bananas. like a feast. Like yeah, banana twins or something like that from like Little Debbie or something. Side note: uh, There's a fantastic podcast. It's a comedy podcast that covers Bonanza, and it's called Bonanas for Bonanza. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Mm. One of my favorites. Okay. Very, very funny people on it. Uh, okay. Andy Daly is in it, and he's dude's hilarious. So here we go. Uh, but let's enter the show Bonanza. And to do so, we got to enter the life of producer David. Dort Ort. Last name is very confusing to spell. D O R T O R T. Dort Ort. So be like uh, 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 John Johnson. <laughs> if your name was Matt John Johnson. That's my uncle's name, actually. It's so vanilla. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> He's always trying to sell me something, but yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, so Mr. Dort Ort was very prolific. Uh, came up with a lot of TV shows. Uh, he produced a lot of different stuff. And I got a burp, so it's coming up at some point. Just letting y'all know ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it bubbling up, Matt. But, uh, so he, uh, in in the, like we kind of mentioned before, in the 50s especially, uh, TV westerns were huge. That was a big thing. There's a lot of TV westerns like Gunsmoke, obviously being a big example. You know, Gunsmoke was literally the longest run TV show ever until Simpsons came along. Yes, and uh, so that's that's pretty huge. I still think when Simpsons finally ends, it's going to be like a, a weird. Everybody's going to feel weird. <laughs> Probably like everybody wants it to go away. We talked about this when we did the Simpsons episode. Everybody wants it to go away, but yeah. when it does, you're not. They're not going to be ready for it. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. Uh, when uh, Show's got to know when to fold them, as as they say. But uh, <laughs> Bonanza, uh, David Dortet was like, I'm going to come up with a show that, uh, and he already decided he's going to call it Bonanza, and he created a show in the year of our Lord, 1959, in the year of our hosts, <laughs> 1959. And one of the networks he pitched Bonanza to was good old NBC. Mm. The peacock itself and here's what he wanted for this show he wanted it to be filmed in color which was huge this is when color tvs were first kind of coming out uh and we'll get more on that on the did you knows but uh, he's going to film it in lake tahoe nevada which was like a very beautiful uh, colorful place and if you ever watch the show they often uh, will point out and have all these shots of like uh, just really beautiful landscape and stuff and that was to help promote the sale of color TVs. That's one of the things he wanted to do. Which helped. I mean, it and, helps. Yeah. The, what, yeah. I mean, the, thing, the TV came out in, like, uh, I don't want to say the 20s, but, like, the 30s, 40s. They weren't obviously popular, but uh, black and white was everything. So, yeah, th this was yeah. revolutionary. Very revolutionary for its time. Yeah, 100%. And he also wanted to cast as the main 
uh, cast some relative unknowns. They didn't want big names in there. And they would all get equal billing. Um, you know, not a, nobody was above the other. And the members of the Cartwrights, the Cartwright family, you got the father uh, played by Lauren Green, and then you got the three sons, uh, Michael Landon. Of course, this would be what would make his big name would be this show, and he would become a huge TV star. Yep. Uh, Dan Blocker and Pernell Roberts, those are your four original uh, main cast members there. And, of course, you have a bunch of uh, side characters and stuff, like the, the sheriff would show up a bunch, you know, that type of thing. And the thing that also set this show apart, besides being filmed in color, uh, was that it focused on a family of three boys and a dad instead of what Westerns were doing back then, which was uh, kind of focusing on like a lone – my cat just jumped up here. <laughs> get off. Girl, get off of there now. Don't sit on there. <laughs> this is all being recorded. <laughs> Would you please move? I'm begging you. <laughs> yep, keep moving. There you go. Thank you. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> it's not as good as when your your dog took a giant crap, but it's right up there. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of TV shows back then were focusing on like lone drifters, that type of thing. It was kind of their, you know, one guy, one gunman or whatever going from town to town, sort, sort of kind of vibe to it uh, or it was basically about like one person who was doing everything sort of thing but this show had four main characters and that really helped set it apart that and it was filmed in, in color and everything like that and it would premiere but it would premiere on saturday september in 1959 uh i think they said it was, going, it was starting at like 7 or seven thirty. i forgot the actual time but somewhere around there and it was going up against a very popular show at that time on CBS by the name of Perry Mason. Never heard of a little show called Perry Mason. Yep. But it was huge back then. Uh, I think he was kind of like a, a detective type guy, if I'm thinking right. Uh, uh, if that's the case, yeah, that spy era is starting to come out around then. Yeah. Or moist yeah. for spy stuff, spy detective stuff. Oh, yeah. Very, very moist. <laughs> and I'm trying to see how disgusting I can say that word. Moist. <laughs> and and uh, so Perry Mason destroyed it. Like, Perry Mason was already popular. Bonanza was new. Bonanza had no chance. So for the first couple years, its ratings were not good. It was uh, on the verge of being canceled. But then uh, NBC was like, I got an idea. Let's not put it up against that show. <laughs> Genius. Who knew? Crazy. Yeah, who knew? So in the fall of 1961, they put the show on Sundays, put it at 9 p.m., and guess what? Humongous hit. What? Humongous hit. As dessert, yeah, as it should be, as it should have been. And that Sunday at 9 p.m. Shot, uh, slot was also, uh, you know, when X-Files was on. I remember that very distinctly, so that must be like a good TV slot for people because that was a huge hit too. Yeah, that's a nice coming, like coming down. That's I remember, yeah, like six to like ten o'clock, like he couldn't touch the TV with my parents. And it, yeah, it's traditionally it's always been one of the better time slots. Traditionally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause you don't want a Friday time slot and you don't really want a Saturday time slot because oh. those are usually when people aren't home, that type of deal. So you don't want those. But uh 
yeah, so it really takes off in popularity there. And it goes on for many, 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 many seasons, probably way more than it needed to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it even lasts a year after Dan Blocker passes away. Yeah. Uh, they go on for another year after that, despite the fact that he died getting gallbladder surgery. Now, they weren't expect like it wasn't an expected thing. He was getting surgery and it was supposed to be routine and he passed away during it. A lot of tor- uh, so. turmoil towards the end. A lot of turmoil on the yeah. cast uh, towards the end of that show. You know, just recastings yeah. and all that stuff. It's uh, it. I mean, that's that's oh, why yeah. it's like still amazing that they went almost you know whatever fourteen seasons that it was. And there's a lot of wild stuff that I got in your digi knows about this oh, show. I'm sure. I am sure it lasted. It lasted for a long time. So there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, but it lasts until 1973, and that's when it finally gets canceled. Uh, but by that time, it had already made a huge star to Michael Landon, and he would go on to do other shows like Little House on the Prairie which was a big hit, uh, you know, uh, uh, Stairway to Heaven, those or Highway to Heaven, those shows. Uh, so he became a big star because of this. And uh, they would continue to do little spinoffs from Bonanza. Uh, like they had like a Bonanza, the next generation came out in 1988, for example, but they had a bunch of different little Wait, spinoffs. Like Bonanza, that. the next generation. Yep. Yep. Bonanza TNG. <laughs> like Star Trek next generation. Yeah. <laughs> I respect yeah, it. That's a yeah. great idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> I re- oh, that's a great oh, idea. Bonanza in space. Oh man. Oh, they, oh they now really... we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Space I just need Haas because he's already Yeah, space. Haas already kind of has that Haas already kind of has that Han Solo jacket thing going. He does. On. So <laughs> uh but of course uh the show got so huge during its its heyday that you had all kinds of uh you know uh, uh, you know, uh, merchandise for it, you know, you had lunch boxes and uh, uh, action figures. They were called dolls back then, but that type of deal. And that's Bonanza in a nutshell. A very popular show. Oh, we'll get into that theme song. Don't you worry. You do not worry, my friend. My dog just rolled his eyes at me. now, well, my cat is thankfully on the floor and not on my desk. I wish you could have seen what Matt saw. Just saw a cat head just pop up, <laughs> like the back of a cat head just popping up. I might use view. that for our for our promotional picture this week. <laughs> uh, but that's Bonanza, Matt. I think it's time for us to get into some Matt's stats. They lie in boot hills all through the West. The outlaws, the gunslingers, the Billy the Kids, and worse. Say a fellow like the coward that shot Bill Hickok in the back. There's always one like that in every time of history. Most of them were varmints, but every once in a while, in one of them, there may have lived a man. He lay face down on the desert sand, clutching a six-gun in his hand. Shot from behind, I thought he was dead, for under his heart was an ounce of lead. But a spark still burned, so I used my knife, and late that night, I saved the life of Ringo. All right, everybody, this is the Matt Stats portion of the show, and my oh my, as long as the website doesn't crash like it did in our damn pro wrestling episode, my work was very, very easy this week. Uh, I am My reference site for this was ponderosascenery.homestead.com, um, which has a taunt. And I mean a ton of statistics. I'm going to go through the most important ones, uh, but it has just about everything you really need to know about uh, Bonanza. 
All right. So the Ponderosa Ranch is a thousand square miles. It's about 600,000 acres. There were 430 episodes made. All right. Uh, and every single one of them were in color. There was no black and white, which is why this is so revolutionary. Uh, right. And it came out around the same time, like one of my favorite shows, which we were going to talk about next time, um, had a run in large run in black and white. And uh, it did some color TV towards the end. But yeah, this all the way from 59 to when it finished up all in color, which is incredible. Uh, there were 428 unique stories. All right. Um, so that means most aside from like one story, one story was a two part episode. There's like one two part episode. Everything else was unique stories to the show. So um, really cool. The average runtime, 48 minutes which is, uh, you know, nowadays you get shows like this. Uh, streaming service, yeah, 48 minutes is a probably good number. Regular TV, you're probably looking at about a 20 to 25-minute show uh, plus commercials, so a half-hour block. Um, they use, oh, let's see, skimming through that. Production costs, so this is rough estimate production costs. Uh, in 1959, it cost about a 110000 uh, 110, per uh Per episode is what I yeah, was, it was yeah. one of the most expensive shows to be made. It was, which is crazy, which is crazy to think about um, when you consider Star Trek and all that stuff too. 1969, 211.5 thousand. Uh, I was per episode and, um, you know, with the additional stuff that, that made it as high, sometimes as high as 250 K per episode, which is insane. Uh, they had no, new... just for the audience. I just saw a dog's head pop up. <laughs> oh, no, it's at least there's no poop on my floor. That's the most important thing. Um, let's see. Numerous sponsors, which went a long way. RCA was a big, big supporter of the show. They had General Motors. Eh, that's not really statistic stuff. Uh, foreign markets. So in 1969, they had 89. They were in 89 different uh, foreign markets. As of 2000, they were still in 30. So they're still being broadcast, rebroadcast across the world. Um, it's broadcast in 12 different languages. Uh, and the number of crew on any given episode was roughly 34. Uh, they had 25 different merchandise manufacturers. Uh, shooting schedule took about, for an episode, it took about six days. That's pretty uh, good. That's not bad. Not bad. They had uh, 10 Emmy nominations and won three, won three of them. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Let's see. Script price in nineteen from nineteen fifty nine to nineteen sixty was twenty five hundred dollars per hour. So I'm not exactly sure what script price is, but what I'm gathering is coming up with the script that cost a pretty penny. 1961 yeah. to 1962, $3,000 per hour. Um, and eventually, 1969 to 1970, $4,500 per hour for uh, for the script. Michael Landon's script salary was $3,200 per hour. And yeah, I did not mention this in the Did You Knows, but this show was also the show that got him into writing and producing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. As you will see, he wrote quite a few episodes of this and then he would go on to write a lot of little house on the prairie and produce it yeah that is true um let michael landon's directing salary thirty five hundred dollars per hour so 
That is, uh, they had to get a lot, a lot of work done in a direct, in you know, that, that's a, that's a big payday. That's a sweet. You got to think about too the wages, inflation, and all that stuff. That's a sweet payday back yeah. in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, crew wages, the cameraman, anywhere from fourteen dollars and seventy three cents to nineteen dollars and eighty six cents per hour. Cable man, three dollars forty two cents to five dollars twenty four dollars cents per hour. Lamp operators, $3.28 to $5.05 per hour. Uh, I'm not sure. It's kind of weird how fascinated I am by this. <laughs> but it, I can't believe they, they this place found this. It's a really cool, cool web. I mean, it's, it's a simply put, simple put-together website, but um, really amazing that they had all these numbers. Uh, grip, I'm not sure what grip means. Uh, probably something to do with production. $3.39 to $5.20 per hour. Uh, a driver. It's how... It's how- it's how well you hold your Johnson. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll show myself out. <laughs> you you monster. Uh driver, two dollars ninety four cents to four dollars sixty one cents per hour. Uh the key makeup artist, five dollars and fifty seven cents per hour to eight dollars and one cent. And then the prop master, four dollars and forty three cents to six dollars fifty four cents per hour. Um, the figures are straight this time. Like a Batman villain. <laughs> prop master. The prop master probably honestly is. Yeah. Um, prop ma- Let's see. Figures. Are, these are straight time wages plus fringe benefits, um, which is pretty neat. Color cost. So to have it produced in color for every episode, twenty thousand dollars per episode. Wow. Amazing. Filming costs at Lake Tahoe and some of the other distant locations. Between eighty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars per episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, let's see. They filmed at Lake Tahoe and Truckee a couple times. Uh, July nineteen fifty nine. They did two days. June nineteen sixty one. Two weeks. June nineteen sixty two. Two weeks. June nineteen sixty five. Three weeks. So as you can imagine, it got a lot more expensive um, through on. Uh, Materials and facilities. Coffee breaks and refreshments right, range from anywhere from two hundred and fifty dollars to four hundred dollars per episode. Huh? They they really broke down everything on this side. <laughs> it's. I'll send it to you because I mean, there's a lot I'm missing, and obviously, I mean, obviously, you're. How do I say this? There's a lot that I'm not saying. So yeah. Um, let's see. Animals, livestock, and wranglers. One thousand three hundred fifteen dollars in nineteen fifty nine. Uh, to 1960, two thousand dollars from 1969 to 70. Uh, studio rental fees, ninety-five hundred dollars in 1959 to 1960, and those studio rental fees were thirteen point five thousand uh, from in 1969 to 1970. So this is that's towards the end of the run. Uh, they list the stables that were used. Let's see, budget comparison. Yeah, like it's very very detailed. Um, they break it down by year. I'm not going to go too crazy, um, but 59.60 when the show first started. So for supervision, $6,300. And I'm guessing this is per episode. Uh, the cast was $18,000 per episode. The script is $4,700. Music was $5,000. Uh, miscellaneous was $2,700. So total in 1959 and 1960 for, for episode um, with all that, $36,700. So, oh, there's, there's, I mean, just so much, so much. Um, but I'll leave it at that. So if you guys want to check down, check out, 
because this thing, I mean, it breaks it down per season. Uh, it is ponderosascenery.homestead.com. I highly invite you to check it out. I can ramble all day. Um, this is, they did a very good job the, from a production standpoint. And there's no body count like I was kind of hoping for, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's out there on the interweb somewhere. But uh, on that note, let's move on to Johnny's Did You Know? Where's my son? May I ask you, Mr. Cartwright, to address whatever questions you may have to my friend, Langford Poole. Mr. Poole, as you well know, boasts 12 notches on his gun. Would you care to try for 13? Go home, Cartwright. Go home before I kill you. That's right. I got quite a few here for this one. Uh, like, uh, such as Bonanza, when it was envisioned, it was envisioned as an Old West version of King Arthur, as in the father Ben was the king and his sons were the knights. That's kind of how they were going into it. And okay. if you kind of watch the show, you, you get that gist of it. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Green, who played Ben Cartwright, the dad, uh, not only was he an actor, but he also had a hit single during the time of Bonanza called Ringo. It was a big hit in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, I'm, want to have matt play that as one of the bumpers yes and yeah. you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, I mean he doesn't really say i like i listened to him sing the bonanza song and it wasn't even yeah. really singing it was just like quick paced talking but it it was oh well mes- it was mesmerizing so you know what ringo's so you know what ringo's gonna be then yeah uh so uh, but, but. Par- <laughs> parnell roberts who played adam cartwright uh, actually hated being on the show he did not like it it took him six years to get out of his contract. Like he kept you know, trying, he kept begging to get out of it. They wouldn't let him out until six years. And the reason was he thought the scripts were way too lowbrow. Uh, you got to remember he came from uh, stage and, and plays and that type of deal. Uh, so he thought the scripts were too lowbrow, uh, that they were demeaning to women, which to be fair they kind of are at times, and they glorified wealth in an age of poverty. So he was kind of against these things, especially in his political stances. And uh, so he hated being on the show. Uh, he mm. was not a fan of it. That's great. You uh, hear that all the time, though, about actors and stuff. Actors, actresses, they, they're part of something that really makes them famous, but they never, like, they never, like, loved it like we all do. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy kinda, how that works. It's always very disappointing, too, because you like, you, know, you want people to like what they're doing if you like it. Right. Like, I feel like, like, comparison's sake, like, Harrison Ford, like, I feel never really, truly like owned and loved being Han Solo in Star Wars because of all the extra stuff that came with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy. But it kind of but in a way that kind of made him more of a Han Solo. <laughs> totally. Oh, you're that's yeah. A, that's yeah. 100%. So Dan Blocker, aka the Awesome Hoss, uh, when he was born, he weighed 14 pounds at birth, which at that time, and this is a legit thing, at that time, made him the largest baby ever born <laughs> in the county of Bowie, Texas. <laughs> that's a huge fourteen pounds. Yeah, that's a His that's a big poor baby. Poor mother. That's a C section. <laughs> that's a C section all day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Michael Landon. His real name is Eugene Maurice Orowitz. 
and he didn't want to go with that name when he decided to get into acting. So uh, how did he come up with Michael Landon? Randomly picked it out of a phone book. <laughs> Simple as that. Okay. A lot better. Let's move uh, it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so let's get into Hop Singh, the character Hop Singh, who was the chef on uh, for the Pandarosa Boys. Uh, his real name, the actor's name was Victor Sun Young. And in real life, he actually was an accomplished chef. He didn't make a lot of money from Bonanza, so he made a lot of his money from selling cookbooks and stuff like that. And later on in his life, he did pottery and such. And actually, that's how he died. He died in a tragic explosion in his house due to uh, some of the pottery stuff going off. That's what killed him. Yeah, a, a pottery accident? Yeah. And this is also the same guy who, when he was on a plane one time, he got hijacked. So he had quite a life. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah. So Hop Yeesh. Singh really lived a life, man. Yeah, I'd say so. In 2007, TV Guide... Uh, for those who don't know, that used to be a publication that people got to see what was on TV. Now we don't really need it, even though they still put out. I think the TV guys are still around, right? Uh, the books, maybe. The I missed the, the channel. Definitely not. Definitely not. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about the books. Yeah. Uh, but they did a survey for uh, who's your favorite TV father, and Ben Cartwright was number two voted. I could see that. I, it didn't say who was number one. I really wanted to know. I'm trying to think of that time, what is it's all time? It's an all time one. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, David uh, Canary, who would play uh, Candy Canaday, uh, he's the guy who joined when Parnell left. That he was kind of his replacement. Uh, the reason I'm bringing him up, another role that he was up for that he obviously didn't get though, was a vet of Mr. Spock on Star Trek. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. And we're going to come back to Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek and Bonanza have a real deep connection, <laughs> strangely enough. Uh, I told you, man, Bonanza in space. Yeah. Next generation. Bonanza yep. next generation. Uh, Blocker, Roberts, and Green, everybody, uh, the three out of the four main cast, except for uh, Michael Landon, all wore toupees. All of them. Which is wild if you look at the hair that Blocker has. It's not very much. Interesting. Even with a toupee. Uh, you you kind of alluded to this earlier, Matt, but the Bonanza theme itself actually does have lyrics. A lot of people don't realize this, and a lot of people have kind of recorded. Even Johnny Cash recorded his own version of the of the Bonanza theme song. Yeah. Uh, it was it was the first Western TV series that was filmed 100% in color, like we said. Uh, that's kind of it was a huge huge deal. Michael Landon was also notoriously sh on a short side. I think he was like 5'9 or something like that. And this bugged him if he was especially against his taller uh, castmates. So, of course, he put lifts in his shoes. This was a well-known thing about him. <laughs> he did this a lot. Uh, lifts are fun. <laughs> oh, I bet so. I bet so. Uh, wrestlers use them all the time, man, man. Wrestlers use them all the time. Oh, yeah. And their oh, yeah, boots. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I told you that Star Trek and Bonanza have a huge connection together, and this is what I'm talking about. William Shatner, James Duhon, uh, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, Michelle Nichols, George Takai, Walter Koenig. I always say his last name wrong, but you know, the guy, uh, all these people who are main stars on Star Trek, every single one of them 
appeared on at least one episode of Bonanza at some point. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. That's how you got to do it, though. That's how you got to do it. That's how you cross-promote. Oh, 100%. I actually uh, saw the one with James Duhon recently, and I was like, oh, man, it's Scotty. I'm seeing Scotty right there. (laughs) (laughs) Made me ridiculously happy. Did it happen vice versa, do you know? Uh, I don't think Actually, so. Actually, probably not. It probably I don't would have worked. Well, no, it yeah, I don't remember seeing any of them. Okay, I don't remember seeing any of them on uh, Star Trek, uh, the original one. But that is your did you knows for Bonanza, Matt? I think it's time for us to get into where does Bonanza stand in pop culture uh, today? <laughs> go home before I kill you. You tell me to go home. You, with the smell on you of the charnel house, of flesh rotting and stinking in the sun. You're gonna die for saying that to me, old man. You're gonna die. You have any argument, Poole. You don't have it with my father. You have it with me. One cartwright is just about the same to me as another. Well, this is a tricky one, right? Because obviously during its time, it was a huge Goliath on TV, a humongous hit. And Westerns themselves were also a humongous hit. But I think it's kind of where this is linked, right? The popularity of Bonanza, you might as well say the popularity in pop culture of Westerns. Because it kind of comes and goes. I've always loved them, like I said, because uh, you know my grandpa really got me into them. But you don't really see very many of them now. You see a lot of stuff that is kind of uh, it takes some, you know, like Mandalorian really kind of takes some space uh, western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Definitely feels like a western at times. Uh, you know, uh, there's a show that was out years ago that I really loved called Justified uh, that kind of felt like a western, even though it took place in modern day that type of thing. So. I do think the influence of Bonanza and Westerns is still felt and stuff, even if something isn't a real Western. And that's and that's pretty sweet. Uh, I, I love, like, I think it's one of the things I really like about Mandalorian is that it really felt, while it did feel like Star Wars, it also felt like a Western, a true Western. Yeah. And I really love that about it. So uh, I think that the influence of Westerns will be around. I also kind of think that there'll be a cycle again where Westerns become a thing once more because that's what always ha- happens. Oh, yeah. Everything we comes in phases. Like, Yep. Yeah. So I think eventually we'll get another Western that'll be maybe a TV show or maybe that'll become a big hit and that'll bring back Westerns again. Uh, but until then, uh, it's kind of dormant a little bit. Just it's way more of an influence on stuff than it is a, uh, you know, like a, like a thing. Because I, I highly doubt if you talk to generations younger than us, Matt, that they'll even know what Bonanza is or if they've even heard it. No, I think that's a that's a shame. And that's that's one thing I definitely wanted to acknowledge is that yeah, I I I, I don't know. I, I'm like I said, I'm an old soul, so I kind of fell into it was easy for me to fall in love with, with Bonanza and what it was. If I tried to show this to my brother, he would be gone. He would be gone. Yeah. He he go play his Pokemon with his level one hundred metapod and all that stuff. It he would just be like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm good, bro. And and I, yeah. you know, it, it's it's story driven, right? Like it, like we said at the top of the show, right. it didn't need the 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 
the the big edgy it wasn't edgy maybe considered for its time in some instances but um in hindsight it was just it was very good storytelling and it was a good drama and it hooked you in uh in that manner in that manner so uh not a lot of people can enjoy enjoy and appreciate tv like that these days it's just uh few and you know it, it's it's not often uh you know i i do see there are some instances where the western is is popular like i said video video games have kind of helped repopulize it a little bit with uh the red dead redemption series i think it's put a new light on it but uh bonanza yeah. to me is is the current measuring stick for all western uh pieces of entertainment content whatever it may be um you know, just just that balance of action, the the shootouts, the the the, the vintage storytelling, like they, they did a good job, like a very good job for the era that they were in, for making you feel like this show was when it was occurring. So yes, um, yeah, you know, and you you have to have that, you have to have that. So, uh, Bonanza, unfortunately, I feel like its legacy will be forgotten. Unfortunately, uh, it's it's our job to, I guess, educate and 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 keep the spirit of it alive it it gets referenced every now and then like i like i acknowledged before but uh there's not a lot of people who i think could sit and appreciate you want to you want a big reference uh <laughs> this is true and i should have had this in my did you knows but i literally just now remembered it uh the name chupacabra which of course we've all heard now chupacabra first ever was uttered on an episode of bonanza really Yes, <laughs> I, I I love to know the context of it. I would love to know the context. I wish I could remember. I just remember because of my other show, History Creeps, Cheap Plug. Uh, we were going to talk about Chupacabra, and I was doing research on it, and that's one of the things that popped up. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so in in short, yeah, Bonanza, huge influence on the Western, uh, you know, maybe even more so than your Clint Eastwoods and all that, as weird as it sounds, maybe more so than your Clint Eastwoods in, in, in some cases. The modern Western, I, I think it definitely plays a huge influence in. And uh, but hopefully, hopefully not forgotten. Hopefully not forgotten. Yeah, I feel the same. But yeah, so that was Bonanza. Matt, what are we going to talk about next time on Retro Pop? So I really like the that we went. That we went classic television. And there's a part of me that still kind of wants to uh, that wants to stick in that format. Maybe you and I can discuss doing um, doing maybe monthly themes, perhaps. But yeah. Uh, yeah, our next episode will be another classic TV show that I love. I can I've sat around. This is something that I've invested a lot of time in. Uh, we are talking the Andy Griffith show. Oh man, yes, yes, so, I love this show. That I little jingle for this. That little jingle. Yeah. The, the, I try to do the whistle thing all the time, and I, I just can't do it. But uh, again, a throwback to a to a much more wholesome, hearty era in 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 TV. A lot more clean cut with good moral storylines, story and uh, you know, even my old soul can sit there and be like, "Wow, this is really good TV," and with a stellar cast as well. So, oh yeah, yes. Griffith the show. That is what we will be covering next next uh next time we're we're back here very excited for that i can't wait for that they'll give me an excuse to go back and watch some more of it 
but this has been Retro Pop Bonanza. We thank all of you for listening. We very much appreciate it. But until next time, uh, you know, da 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 da. from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on Beyonce.